man, I I wonder when Patrick's coming over. He said it would be over around now, but yeah, this is he's surprisingly like, unprofessional. But I guess you never know with these punk rock guys. I mean, he's like seven oh, minutes. Oh, maybe that's him. It's the intercom of Fortune House ringing. Uh, who is it? Uh, hey, it's Patrick. Hey, I'm out for hey, Oh he man, kind of he doesn't sound too good. Yeah. Our, our, yeah, our intercom here is crystal clear. It's really good. Something's wrong with this guy, but here I'll buzz him in. Hey guys, what's going on? Oh hey, what's up? Hey man, thanks for having sounded me. Sounded pretty this rough nice, on the intercom. Nice there, you really sobered up. Yeah. In the last fifteen seconds or so. Amazing. Well, you know, it's been it's been a it's been a long journey, you know, but I'm like I'm feeling a lot of gratitude, a lot of clarity, and I'm ready to really just uh you know, focus uh focus on my music and uh, my podcast. But I only I only gave up the hard stuff. You guys got any beer around here? Somebody hand me oh, a beer. Yeah, would we you? got about five hundred high lifes in the fridge over there. Yeah, let's get Patrick. Yeah, give me life. one, man. Oh, yeah, right. thanks for this, coming out to our remote compound out here. This looks real good. Ah, yeah, nice. Thanks, guys. This is real hospitality. Sorry if the security roughed you up, but like you can't be too careful these days. We've made a lot of powerful enemies. No, no, I, I understand. It's, it's standard operating procedure these days. And if this is what it's going to take to, you know, to break into this uh, podcasting space, you know, that's what uh, I'm, I'm prepared to do. I'm prepared to do it no matter what. We have to check everyone to see if they're Eric Alper or not. He keeps trying to get in here and fight us. So. The guy from Eve yeah. 6 has tried to climb the fence like six times. Yeah. Fittingly. It's, it's super annoying. Fails every time, Daryl Hall's got that lawsuit he keeps trying to uh, shove down our throats. We have the Havana gun. Yeah. That's right. We can just point it at you. It's easy. Yeah, this is a this is a real nice compound. Thanks. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to show you the live room where we're gonna jam and everything. But I couldn't help but notice you showed up with some uh, pickle flavored Utz chips. Oh yeah, you guys want some? I already I already opened it, you know. So this I'll take some Utz. Got a yeah. little hungry out on the porch. I love Utz. Yeah. They're, well, they're they're actually Wegmans. But yeah, dig in, guys. Mm. Oh, Wegmans. I don't know if I can support uh, Wegmans yeah, I'm gonna if have it's a few not Utz. That's just the mm. official chip brand of rock and roll. Wegmans. They don't have Wegmans in Canada. They have, um, do you guys have Old Dutch down there? You got Old Dutch potato chips? I don't believe so. It sounds familiar, but I don't know. Maybe. They there are a lot of kinds. They have a really good uh, tortilla chip that's, uh, that's just called taco flavor. And, it, and it's just like, imagine like a plain Dorito and you took like um, Old El Paso like taco meat seasoning and just dumped it on a plain tortilla. It's delicious. It sounds like something Canadians would have for chips. Like, if anything, Canadian chip culture is one of the most distinguishing things about Canada. Between the ketchup chips, the all-dressed chips. Yeah. Like, it's one of the only things that I can clearly distinguish Canadian from American culture. Hawkins cheesies. I don't know if you guys have ever had a Hawkins cheesy. <laughs> no. Incredible snack. Delicious. Made I entirely never will. of corn. Made entirely of corn. We're, we're seeing more and more all-dressed chips down here in america now like what's that one ruffles makes one now yep it's like an up-and-coming chip flavor that's taking over the whole continent oh, once it makes it to ruffles that's how you know it's too mainstream yeah you know it's <laughs> a major label chip i know there. you guys are americans and i don't want to shit talk america so just i'm not including you in this but you know america's always going off about china copied our 5g technology china is stealing our you know microprocessors or whatever 
but America straight up stole all dress from Canada, you know, and is preventing us from export making money exporting all dress chips. Canada should have expelled the U.S. diplomat from the embassy for for all dressed. We should have imprisoned uh, two American spies. Both named Michael. Yeah, they'll be all dressed in black and white stripes. That's right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all dressed in black and white, white stripes, breaking rocks. It's going to start a trade war where we ban all all-dressed uh, chips from coming across the border. You can only get American-made all-dressed down here now. <laughs> proudly all-dressed ruffles, proudly made in America. <laughs> They're dressed, dressed in America. All-dressed yeah. in the red, white, and blue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in this new trade environment, Britain isn't included because one, Brexit. Two, they don't know what a chip is. It's too confusing. That's true. Yeah, they call it a crisp. Yeah. Yeah, that shit is fucked them up chips and embarrassing. French fries. Yeah. It's insane. That's just one of the many ways Brexit has backfired is that now no one in the world is going to pick up on their stupid slang, you know? Like, they already had enough hard enough time selling the idea of crisps to the rest of the world, but now they're purely isolated on that forever. Yeah. You're constantly Ooh, la, la. hearing... You're constantly hearing about the U.S. service members going over to the U.K. and someone asks for a, a chip and they give them a crisp and the person ends up choking to death on it and then they don't get extradited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. You can't expect us to keep up with that shit. Although aren't, aren't Pringles down here in America, aren't they called potato crisps on the can? Oh, they better I not be. I think so, but it might be because of the way that Pringles are manufactured. Aren't they basically just, um, Pringles are like a potato slurry that is then formed into a chip-like shape and then baked, right? Oh, that would make a lot of sense, because otherwise how could they ever be so uniform? Yeah. yeah. I figured each it's like can... like pink slime. I figured each can was like a one really long potato. <laughs> like a 14-inch potato. A cylindrical potato, yeah. Yeah, you never know what they're doing. Like those science. Japanese watermelons that are like squares or whatever? Yeah, yeah. America has uh, cornered the market on potato science and grown a 14-inch long tubular potato. We're talking about mainstream potato chips too much, though. We got to get back to the indie potato labels like Uts and Wegmans. That's right. Well, we Wegmans is not, they don't just make chips. That's an American grocery store chain. Like Pathmark or like I don't know what they have in your guys's regions. Oh, I gotcha. Shop it's like right an Aldi and like places or like Loblaws. Yeah. yeah, Market Basket. We have Loblaws where they do uh, bread price fixing. It's owned by the most. Actually, most grocery stores in Canada, uh, most chain stores are owned by the same family, the Weston family. And uh, I think it. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg worked uh, for the firm that was helping with bread. Bread price fixing. Yeah, I remember that story. Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> talk about one from the where are they now file. Yeah, he's what is he minister of um, transportation? Transportation. transportation. Yeah, I saw what they were yelling at him put earlier himself today. On a, put himself on a long train to the bargain bin. That's right, that jerk. All the airports are like <laughs> they can't get staff, and it's his fault. Why don't you fly the plane, smart boy? Yeah, genius. Hey, why don't you go jam with Spoon? <laughs> Wait, isn't that the other guy though? Well, Tony a, Blinken. I know that, I, Dan, I know that's your buddy, but there was a video of Buttigieg like backstage at his at one of his events, and they had like uh, a piano back there, and he was playing a spoon song. No. Oh, funny. I haven't seen that. No. Oh, Brit. No. What are you doing, man? He wasn't the, the spoon. None of the spoon guys were there. Buttigieg was so it was a solo instrumental piano uh, performance. Because he's like, I know, how to, I know how to do this. There is a video of him where he's like jamming with like a local cover band, like sixty something guys, and they do a Buttigieg plays an organ solo on um 
black magic woman. Oh, Jesus. Man, <laughs> that is really pandering. I want to see Buttigieg do like a tearful karaoke rendition of The Underdog because he relates to it. He was once. He may yet be again. But I mean, the good news about this podcast is I bet we're going to have the market cornered this year on a, on Buttigieg mentions. <laughs> You have to like yeah. dig pretty deep to find a podcast where they're talking about Buttigieg now. I don't know. I was on Mueller She Road and they talked about him for 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Just how cool he is. We'll lean into like the same way we've talked about Barney for about five hours in the last few months. Let's just talk about Buttigieg for the next month nonstop. It seems like America just never got over Buttigieg fever. It's kind of a low grade fever now. Um, it's not life threatening, but they still yeah. have it. It's like 99.5 degrees. Yeah, like you could still go to work, but you probably shouldn't. It's like some night sweats. Yeah, we got to show you around the house here, Patrick. You know, we over here we got the. Yeah, are you the main event? We got the live room here. You can see we got all kinds of amps in here, all kinds of guitars. Oh, wow, wow. Some stringed instruments. Uh, well, let me sit down at this this drum set for a minute. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's see what you got. Yeah, this is pretty cool. All right. Hey, this feels pretty good. Yeah, we really tuned <laughs> hey, up the tone. Cool, cool. It's a Ludwig. Yeah, you got a bunch <laughs> yeah. of them here. How many times do we have there? Four. It's like we've got. It's about twenty-six. Twenty-six. Maybe? Yeah. Uh, just five, like really good ones. Yeah. Or six. Just I in guess. case uh, Neil Pert comes back to life, we want to have it ready. It's twenty-six, right. so you can. Uh, you can give out codes with them. I like this. Was this like a, it's like a piccolo snare here or something? Yeah, yeah. high and tight, just the way yeah. we like it. It's right next to about eight other snares that you've just found. It seems like. Yeah. Oh, that clap okay, sounds really got good. Them all, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. If you got a drum set, you got to have a good can... clap. The These the timbales over yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got a whole Latin percussion yeah, this would be fun. section. I don't know if I. You certainly do. Oh, you found the shakers? Well, this, yeah, this would be... Well, we're south of the be, border over be here. Of fun, guys. better make some nachos. You know when you go to the uh, airport yeah. and they've got, like, the conveyor belt that you can walk on for a long walk? Mm -hmm. The moving staircase. We've got one of those behind the drum kit because there's just so much kit back there. Oh, yeah, the baggage train. I love the conveyor belt yeah, that you walk yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're free to walk on there and grab any baggage yeah. you want anytime. It's good to get on that thing. And it, it, even though it's going in the opposite direction, you got to fight it and, and try and find the entrance to the under part because that's where all the luggage is. you got to crawl right in there. Yeah, and that's where we found most of this drum gear that we got here now. That's right. If you can get into the cargo hold of the plane, your ride's free. 100%. It's like, it, it's like if you're in the bathroom the whole ride, it's free. Because you weren't taking up a seat. <laughs> Good luck trying to get into the basement of the Denver airport. You know what they got down there? Uh, beef? No, that's where they're keeping the... Uh, <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the deep underground military the, bunker. Well, no, it's like uh, there's like a bunch of uh, like millions of coffins down there for like a forthcoming like uh, government-planned uh, uh, American genocide or something along those lines. Mm. The FEMA coffins... There's like all these like Illuminati clues and you can't, they don't, Jesse Ventura tried to take his TV crew under the Denver airport and they wouldn't <laughs> let him. Unbelievable. Damn you, Which Joe Biden. It's all the proof it's that you Biden's need. Fault. Like he's a former governor, you know? So. There shouldn't be yeah, a basement not. in an airport. 
Airports are about going up, not down. That's right. Nothing good ever happened in an airport basement. Yeah. You wouldn't uh, launch a plane from your wine cellar, so why would you have a basement in your airport, <laughs> folks? Doesn't make sense. Facts. You wouldn't steal a car. Why would you steal music? <laughs> I'd steal a car, but I wouldn't steal music. I respect um, the artists too much, but I don't respect U.S. automakers, so I'd gladly steal a car, but I'll always pay for music. We did get all this gear from just hanging out at the airport near uh, Coachella and just every year, just like waiting for stuff to come off the conveyor belt. A lot of this stuff I got back in 77 when uh, Leonard Skinner, uh, they went up and they didn't come back down. They forgot a bunch of their equipment and I just, I just took it. Yeah, and you can still find their bodies at the Denver airport waiting for the day when they're going to rise up or whatever. That's right. They're there with the big bopper. Richie Valance. Yeah, they were on the same plane as John them. Denver. Yes. Stevie Ray John Vaughan, Denver. of course. That's who they named Stevie the airport after. Yeah, exactly. The Randy John Rhodes. Denver <laughs> John Denver International Airport. There should be a victims of airplane monument. Absolutely. Not for any specific crash, just in general. Just all crashes. Yeah, as they're to make a political numerous. point about air travel. Yeah, man was never meant to fly. That's the point. <laughs> no one can explain how they do it. Ask a scientist. They don't know. Yeah. The Wright brothers made a deal with the devil. More like the wrong brothers. The Wright brothers famously met uh, the devil at the crossroads. I don't trust anyone named Orville. Not even Redenbacher. No, no way. Yeah, he was in on it too. Certainly not Orville Peck. You seen this guy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little kind of like mask thing. The masked singer. The uh, the devil met the Wright brothers at the crossroads, and he was trying to teach them guitar. And they're like, "No, we don't want to learn guitar." He's like, "No, it's pretty cool. I can teach you." Check it out. And like, no, no, no. We want to fly. We want to fly. He's like, "No, I just learned a new chord. I want to teach you." The devil's always doing that. People go to the crossroads just walking by, and he makes them become good at guitar. Yeah. <laughs> then they have to begrudgingly become a musician. Robert Johnson never picked up a guitar. He went there and asked the devil, "I want the largest penis of all time." I want it to be 20 feet long. <laughs> I want it to cross state lines. And the devil said, I can't do that, but do you want to uh, go like this? And he said no, but he had to. And then he just talked his ear off and made him learn anyway. The devil wants to show everyone the tritone. He's so proud of it. He came up with that like 50,000 years ago, and he keeps bringing it up. I know yeah, you found it. He keeps resting on his laurels. You found a new note. Just add another tone. Scariest man. interval. <laughs> Feels man, good to really play. Sick, sick guitar riff right there, man. Thanks. Great tone. I picked on up that this guitar. black SG, and it just kind of like poured right out of me. <laughs> it's a really creamy lick. Dude, I'm glad we're not hanging out with Jesus or God today. They'd be fucking furious hearing that. Well, with these kinds of mystical chords and intervals, you can like keep the Lord away so you can like live more deliciously, you know? That's right. Jesus, like, well, we had the Lord on last to week. Manifest as guest, your though. will, like be beyond the 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 limits of God's authority. It's pretty cool. It rocks. 
What is, uh, if the tritone is like the devil's favorite interval, what is like Jesus's favorite interval? I was about to say that. Yeah. It's got a, is it like a major be, seventh or is that too emotional? Uh, is it just like a per major fifth. chord or? It's yeah, just it's got to be, be the fifth. fifth. Yeah. You're right. That if the devil is six, then God is seven. So it's up one. Okay. So it's a power chord. Yeah. Major seventh for the, for God, I think maybe. That's a little bit emotional though. Yeah, maybe like. No, that can't be right. No, it's a little questing. Yeah, that's more of a Buddhist thing. Yeah. That's the Buddhist interval. It's like how you can only end songs in like three ways. You can either end like, ta-da, or like on a kind of a downbeat or with a question mark, you know? Yeah, so that's ta-da. Yeah, that's the classic way to end a song. I came up with that. It's amazing. It's like when kids in the playground say, oh, my cousin invented tag or whatever. <laughs> Mine actually did, but go off. Yeah. Tag Nichols. He named it after himself. Yeah, we're in the Sarah Palin naming family. Like <laughs> yeah. this, what is this you got here? This is like a harp of some kind? Oh, let's hear it. Oh, yeah, we got that from Joanna Newsom. We stole it from her at the airport. Yeah. She was uh, she was on her way to play a festival. And we're like, hey, can we try that out? And just never give it back. It's really nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful instrument. Heavenly sounding. What other novelty instruments do you see around here, Patrick? Um, well, you know, no, I don't. I didn't even recommend all of them. But we didn't even. What's this? It's some more. <laughs> gotta get the dust off some of this stuff. What is this like? Oh, you got more percussion back here. What is this? Oh yeah, we got some <laughs> Tiffany's. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. Yeah, like, just in case an orchestra stops. Yeah, by. we had the Berlin Philharmonic three weeks ago. <laughs> We had to get, we had wait, to put a, a whole, tent there outside. There is a whole Wait, what's going on? There's a whole there's a whole orchestra behind this curtain here. Hit it, guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really good at doing well that equipped. one thing. They're not they're not great at much else. But uh if you want Damn. like a hit, you know. It's like someone with a catchphrase. You say that catchphrase back behind the curtain. When we had the Berlin Philharmonic here 3 weeks ago, we did teach me how to dougie with them. Uh, we did Crank That Soldier Boy. We did a whole orchestral rap rendition. Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Bobblehead. Do your chain hang well. Chicken thing. head. Is this like some sort of sitar? Type yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We got that from George Harrison's estate. We broke in and stole it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very resonant. love that kind of like the sympathetic strings that are resonating along with it. It's really cool. Ooh. Don't try using the didgeridoo because our, uh, our guinea pig got in there and died. It smells really bad. You don't want to get your face anywhere near it. It's a damn shame. We tried using a fireplace poker to get it out, but that, then that got stuck with in this, there. With this Just harp and like this sitar, like and all this hand percussion, like we could get like a pretty good like Alice Coltrane type. Oh, like spiritual a, jazz, transcendental yeah. jam, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Or we could just play like some classic rock covers, you know, that'd be. Oh, cool I, too. I thought you'd never ask. You know, we didn't want to be so bold. Yeah, come as on, to guys, assume. let's let's stop fucking around here. Like, come on, we're not really gonna use this sitar. Let's like we're not playing modern rock. Where's that? Where's that SG I had? Yeah, why don't you pick that no, up? That's again? not it. Yeah, and I'll put the distortion <laughs> pedal on like I did before too. 
Maybe I should do overdrive. Oh, no, that's not it. Let's use dis distortion guitar, right, guys? Yeah, yeah. That's better, oh, isn't yeah, it? That that's, that's, there's a creamy tone. Creamy yeah. sustain. Get those licks as creamy as possible. It can kind of go for... It can, like, basically, like, go forever. That's cool. Yeah, that sounds great. What do you think? Do we need to jam on something here? I mean, we've been talking about the devil so much. Maybe we should... Uh, Play a little ACDC, Hell's Bells. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's oh, do it. Hell yeah, dude. But yo, if I'm going to do that, I need to get back on a, I'm going to get back on the kit to emulate my hero, Phil Rudd. He's not my All hero right. for drumming, but I really admire his his capacity to put together a murder for hire plot. You know? I just really yeah. hate <laughs> Phil Rudd's wife. I'm ambivalent about him and what he did in ACDC, but I, someone had to do something about that woman. Her <laughs> yeah. lawn is just... Better him than me. The shit she leaves out front. Oh, oh, my God. What do you say? You guys ready? You got the sticks in hand there, Patrick? I sure do, yeah. All got right. my sticks and my licks. Let's roll. Here we go. Hit it. They played that on the Liberty Bell. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> the one they have in Britain, though, that, that one. The real Liberty Bell. The one in Big Ben. Yo, you guys got one of those in here too? Oh yeah. Nice to found it. 
Angus didn't mind that I had to take a bass solo at the same time he took his guitar solo. <laughs> uh, come on, what would ACDC be without those busy bass lines? That's right. <laughs> when that guy, what's his name, Cliff Williams, when retired, they might have, they should have just gotten flea at that point. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, I've been playing bass. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Switched at the last minute. But I was just kind of well, laying it down. A couple I was playing the rhythm bass. <laughs> I was playing lead bass, so I think okay. That's all I you was need. I was playing uh, rhythm bass synth on that one, so. <laughs> well, yeah. we got a pretty good band here with uh, three basses and one drum kit. Yeah, it's kind of like um, Big Bottom by yeah. Spinal Tab. Wasn't that their lineup for that one? Yeah, you're right. It was. Or it's like uh, Death From Above 1979 if we just added a couple extra basses. We have to get rid of the one uh, right wing guy, though. Yeah, always one. We had death from above on the on the show, and also they brought Gavin McInnes. Yeah, it was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like this is our totally normal friend, Gavin McInnes. You might remember him from Vice Magazine. He's very cool. He's a super cool guy. He's got good ideas. Just listen to him. He's just asking questions. He was the one who tried to get the fireplace tools to, uh, to get the gerbil out of the didgeridoo. He's That's stuck why he's in no longer too. welcome. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Boy, does it smell. He's got soft bones. He crawled right into it. (laughs) I mean, speaking of artists with some questionable views, what do you guys think? uh, Do you want to do cocaine here? Uh, You know, I'm I'm always down to do cocaine, baby. Hand me a spoon. Speaking of spoon. I'm talking Eric Clapton. Not 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 the iconic drug. Like it's Monday night, man. No, not that classic famous drug we all know about. Friend of mine going way back. I used to babysit for him in the nineties. Cocaine or Eric Clapton? Oh, Eric Clapton. I got fired. Okay. What you what happened? Yeah, did something uh, no, happened. Never mind. It's you know. <laughs> I mean, they say today what well, people have, you know, fifty jobs over their lifetime. So sometimes you just gotta kinda you know, move past it. Oh wait, did you have to leave the babysitting job to go to that uh Tommy Lee pool party thing? Yeah. Yeah, first, you had the job first uh, with Michael Jackson uh, teaching his kids about Islam. Then you had the babysitting job for Eric Clapton. Then you had the babysitting job for Tommy Lee, and you're still here today, but it seems like you're not babysitting anymore. Yeah, Michael Jackson, he thought I was the worst person with kids, but look how that one turned out. Yeah, who's laughing now? Well, I mean, I guess no one is. But he wasn't laughing then either. Good thing Phil Rudd's wife didn't... uh... (laughs) What the fuck is the guy's name? <laughs> I don't remember. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Who's Paul the, Rudd. Phil yeah, Rudd. ACDC. You think yeah. Phil Rudd didn't, his wife didn't hire you to be her bodyguard. <laughs> she actually did. <laughs> yeah. I accidentally uh, managed to protect her. You slipped on a banana peel and uh, it actually ended up saving her. Yeah, I was actually running away, but I ran in the wrong direction by mistake towards the guy. And that that banana peel was meant for her, and you like took the bullet, kind of. She was going to threw slip. yourself on the banana peel. Let's rock, guys. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. let's rock. Let's, yeah, let's do a doing? little Clapton doing here. Some clapping. Cocaine. Cocaine. 
that's a great jam, but what the hell is it about? Oh, you're funny. No, what's he talking about? He's talking about the 60s. Just, just the feeling of being alive in the 60s and how exciting it was. Just like a natural high. Yeah, just all the, the playing at Woodstock and the revolution Isle of was Wight in the and air. Yes, Monterey Pop festivals. You know, there were these were like the Coachella of their time. Altamont, you know, like mm-hmm. Altamont <laughs> especially. Yeah, yeah. Legendary, at Altamont, the cocaine man. was actually love. Man. I actually worked security yeah. at Altamont. <laughs> oh, that was one of my first jobs. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, everybody always talks about like the, that awesome Jefferson Airplane set from that show is just like it's all anybody can ever talk about you know alex in the 60s didn't you also have a a job as um the guy who just stood near Jimi hendrix making sure he doesn't throw up oh yeah the one day that i decided uh i would just let him let him sit on his back in the car you worked at kent state too didn't you oh yeah your life is basically like um sympathy for the devil by rolling stones where they're just Mentioning all these little things, and it's like, you know. Yeah, been there, done that. Who's behind that? Alex is behind it. People talk about Forrest Gump, but I had uh, much more of a malign influence on those events. Weren't you also the security guard at the that book depository in Dallas back in like '63? <laughs> well, that guy who came like in, the head looked, of the staff over there. He looked like a nerd. Yeah, kind of checked a pencil-necked out. Pencil-necked like, geek. Yeah, this is the kind a of ninety-pound weakling. This guy would read textbooks. I'm sure he's not going to do anything else in there. He's just got a duffel bag. Probably going to whack off. I mean, none of my business what he's doing. It's a National Geographic magazine. (laughs) What do you guys think about hitting another song here? Yeah, let's roll. Let's do it. I'm I'm down. What do we got? I'm thinking little uh, Hall & Oates' Private Eyes over here. Ooh. Ooh. I like the sound of that. The song is sort of a noir.
there with that fill that's what that song needed <laughs> it's cool we faded that out really nicely i thought and the I flare learned, at the end was great i actually learned how to clap from the devil at the crossroads yeah. i can do it faster it than anybody really... it's not as easy as it seems faster and louder oh my god look how good patrick is at clapping that's a great it's, way to yeah, make you see you should money. see me with a pair of spoon in my hands man it's so uniform Spoons. sounding too <laughs> Just walking into a bar, you know, and challenging everyone around you to uh, see who has the loudest clap. But you've signed a deal with the devil, so that's a great trick for when you want to kill somebody. Yeah, get everybody involved in a clapping contest. Nobody will hear the gunshots. That's right. (laughs) Easy money. It's kind of like when you worked security at that hotel. Uh, (laughs) You know, there was a which one, uh, uh, Mandalay Bay or RFK? I, I was thinking RFK. Because I worked both of them. Did you work at Mandalay Bay as well? <laughs> did you start a clap contest at Mandalay Bay? Well, I was actually just there to, uh, you know, play the slots, but I did see what was happening and uh, forget about it. Was that before or after you were the, the stage manager and pyro technician for Great White? Oh, after. Right, right, right. Man, that was... I mean, the first half of that show was fine. No one ever talks about the first half, which went perfectly fine. <laughs> that's true. People tend to fixate on the negative a little too much, huh? That's what's, that's what's probably. Maybe we should play a really positive song here. You know, we're playing a lot of this older stuff. I think we need to move up maybe a little forward into the 90s here a little. Yeah, let's do that. The couple class. Let's play two little short classics back to back here. I think you guys are going to recognize these. I don't think they even need any introduction. When you get nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, even diarrhea. <laughs> Hey, there's Pepto-Bismol. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Yay, Pepto-Bismol! Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, stomach, diarrhea. Nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. Yay, Pepto-Bismol! Now you know, Pepto treats five different stomach problems. You see, pink does more than you think. 
That was great. Dude. No, there's just classic jams right here. Good. Fines. Good. Good. Fines. Good. That's actually the Black Sabbath, isn't it? Wow, good work. I mean, we could keep jamming here, but I'm kind of feeling a little hungry. Maybe we should make our way to the kitchen. Yeah, I'm a little peckish. Make something to eat. Yeah, in in the in the big house, we can leave this outbuilding for a little while and come back. Yeah, and let's fresh. go back to the main house over here where we got our living quarters. I like that. Get into the kitchen. I was thinking for today we should make some spaghetti bolognese because we're all gonna be ho- so hungry from all that jamming. Yeah, cra- uh, classic British food, spaghetti bolognese. Yeah, exactly. I knew we got to look to the BBC for our recipe here because only British people know how to do pasta right. That's right. You're going to have a lot of Let's Italians see. telling you, oh, my grandmother did this. She, she makes the recipe like... They're all wrong. They're just uh, they're stealing it from the British. The British invented pasta, especially spaghetti bolognese. And the proper name for it is spag bowl. That's right. All Southern Italian cuisine was brought there by the Normans in the 1100s. Exactly. I mean, that's why they, they had the empire. They were spreading British food around the world. You see in here, we got the kitchen... We got everything we need. We got the blender. We got the oven. Got the stove. I don't know, Patrick. I, I'm going to guess uh, can't help us out with any blender sounds over here, you know. But Well, I, have, I don't have a blender, do I? <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I'm going to have to hand you one over here. Wait, actually, um, now that you mention it, um, I do have like a, I have my helicopter. I took a helicopter here. <laughs> Oh, we, we could, can we use could the, you know. I think that'll those have bla- that has use the helicopter to chop yeah, you know, these six cherry tomatoes that the recipe calls for. It's t- yeah, just our blender's looking a little air. shoddy over here. I'm glad you brought the helicopter. That's going to be perfect. Um, I actually used to fly a helicopter for uh, oh, NBA yeah. stars, all kinds of people. For Kobe? Yeah. By any chance? Well, I, I won't say who it was. But yes. did, you fly a, did you happen to fly a helicopter for the uh, production of that 80s uh, adaptation of Twilight Zone, too? Oh, yeah. One of my first IMDb credits. Amazing. Okay, we've got the 500 grams of beef mince over here already. Good to go. It's looking good. It's looking gray, um, like nice and gray. It's got a sp- I have two to three um, sprigs of rosemary leaves here. Does anyone want to pick and finally chop these? They're not I, fresh, I'll- right? No, no, no. They're dried. Oh, okay. the, oh, no. the, the recipe calls for specifically dried spices. No fresh spices. Has all. the color been leached out? Yeah, they're they're kind of also gray oh, okay. like the beef. Okay. Yeah, these are British ingredients for a British recipe. We wanted it to be authentic. Exactly. And all the vegetables come in like in like a brick form, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not like leaf. It actually you says gotta... East India Company on the package here. So weird. You got to reconstitute all of this stuff. With hot beef bovril. Okay, so who wants to put a large saucepan on medium heat and add one tablespoon of olive oil? I'm, I'm doing that. I'm on it. And there it is. Actually, before we get started, let me hand out these leather jackets and sunglasses for us to wear in the kitchen. Oh, nice. The kitchen jackets. Yeah. And, you know, when you're working with a hot saucepan, you got to have those sunglasses on so you can look cool and protect yourself. I feel good cooking in this. But the, the secret to the making this red sauce, though, like... 
People will tell you that like you gotta chop the garlic like very fine. It's not so. You should just be chucking like whole cloves in there, you know. And the bigger, the better. Yeah, and yeah, that's where you, the flavor comes. You from. don't want to peel them. A lot of people make that mistake. They're like, no, oh, no, God, yeah, I gotta peel the garlic. That's it's so hard. Small that's small that's small where all flavor. the nutrients are. Yeah, exactly. It's got the all the vitamins. Same thing with banana peel. Okay, next step, we need someone to add four finely chopped bacon rashers. And fry for 10 minutes until golden and crisp. I'm seeing the bacon rations here. They're, they're I, could definitely, I could definitely... I can chop those. Easily. They're called bacon rashers. R-A-S-H-E-R. Oh, there we go. Let's get the helicopter on that bacon. Okay, now, Dan, can you reduce the heat over there in that saucepan? All right, I'm bringing it And now it's time to add the two onions. Just add those two onions whole, two carrots, probably whole also. Yeah. Two celery sticks, two garlic cloves whole... Uh, and the leaves from two to three spir- sprigs of rosemary. Done. Um, uh, fry that up for about ten minutes, and then just stir it. Stir I'll it whenever the, you feel like. I'll it, set the know? timer for that. Like, yeah. Yeah, All right, thanks, man. Like that when the time comes. That was just a, a test, so you like, so you're not surprised by how it sounds. It's nice that it goes off when you set it. <laughs> yeah, just so you know that it's set. I no. want a sample. How does it sound? Well, I mean, we can hear it. Just so like that you when it happens you won't be like what's that you like think it's the intercom again but no so, it's the um, wait has it been ten minutes already because I'm hearing a bell going off yeah I think it has been actually so increase the heat to medium high add the 500 grams of beef mince okay and cook stirring for three to four minutes until the meat is browned all over okay I am boiling the beef mince in uh, this uh, pot that has an <laughs> unpeeled carrot unpeeled garlic. And a whole onion, also with the peel on. I'm just dumping the smelling pretty raw good. It smells like garlic in here. In there, yeah. All right, put the beef in a colander and then rinse it in the sink thoroughly. Okay, done. Uh, I'm rinsing it with lukewarm water. It's touching the bottom of the okay. sink. There are some dishes in the sink still, but that's okay. It just adds flavor to the beef. Hey, it looks like we finished off that bottle of olive oil. Let me just blow on the uh, mouth of it here. Yeah, that's empty. All right. Love that Wait, sound. Oh, is no. that the bottle of olive oil, or did you get the didgeridoo? Because we talked about that. I mean, there's. Oh well, I do have the didgeridoo. That sounds like. Gavin McGinnis is like in there. That, we got yeah. a gerbil in there. Oh, oh, it just came out. The Gavin McGinnis. There it the, goes scurrying away. Both of them. Are they still? Maybe the gerbil wants them. Oh no, they're not moving. Oh. Okay, all next right. uh, we got to add two tins of plum tomatoes, the uh, three quarters of a small pack of basil. One tablespoon dried oregano, two bay leaves, also known as laurels, which we could rest on. Could rest on those. Uh, two tablespoons of tomato puree, one beef stock cube, one de-seeded and finely chopped red chili. Um, that might be a little spicy for British appetites. 125 milliliters red wine, six half cherry tomatoes. Stir with a wooden spoon, a wooden spoon. Mm. Can we just use the helicopter? I feel like the helicopter would be more... Um... Let me get. The, let me grab the keys. Here looking good Wooden in there. Now it's all minced up. Give me a break. Why don't we throw a little chicken okay. in there? Yeah. Let's... Hey, that's not a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well. I just fighting. Hey, this one's like not dead. Uh... It's, it got flew out the window. That wasn't even a chicken. That was like, like a little sparrow or something. Or something. What the there. hell? What kind yeah. of... What is you it with this British cuisine? You have a bag Maybe of a pheasant sparrows? at least. Actually, that is a traditional British dish is uh, you, you catch a bag of sparrows and then you boil them in a, in a thin uh, flavorless beef stock. Yeah, you catch four and 20 of them and bake them in a pie. 
Yeah. Let's bring it to a boil, uh, reduce to a gentle simmer, and cover with a lid. Okay. Goodbye, birds. Bye-bye. Uh, cook for one hour, 15 minutes. Well, we don't have that much time. No, I think we can um, reduce that to about, I don't know, two minutes. Let me set minutes. the timer for that again. Okay. Uh, must be must be ready. Right? Oh, it looks like sounds like it's ready. Yeah. So all we need to do now is cook four hundred mil uh, four hundred grams of spaghetti, following the pack instructions, and then let's just put these things together and we're good to go. Wait a minute, we skipped a we step. Can... We skipped a step. We we were supposed to add seventy five grams of grated Parmesan cheese directly into the sauce, like not for not for like afterwards, but we got to mix it oh, right yeah. in there. Get it going. Let's go. You want an orange sauce? Yeah, I'm trying to. We're using a sharp English cheddar instead of the Parmesan. I find it gives uh, a more authentic flavor to the bolognese. It says we may uh, serve it with crusty bread if we like. I don't know if this that's a Simpsons this, reference or what. It's pretty crust. This stuff seems pretty crusty. Ooh, that sounds crusty. It's crusty as hell. All right. Well, it looks like we're good to go here. Let's check out this bread solo. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crusty, that's all right. Nice and crispy. This is great. This is uh, I. I'm just sticking. I'm I'm holding out like my index finger, and I'm just dipping it into the pot, and I'm I'm putting my finger in my mouth, and I can taste the sparrow. Uh, I can taste the cheddar. You know, the helicopter actually adds like a like a kind of herbaceous uh, bitter taste. That that's actually pretty nice. Yeah, and you get that those garlic cloves coming through, especially when you get a full clove in a bite. The texture from the feathers is very unique. Needs a little salt. Let me just put this, shake a little on that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's oh, those are some big salt oh, grains. That's much that's better. Nice. That's like rocks. What is that? Rock salt? That's like that's yeah. Like I, get, I got peppercorn. Grind the peppercorns here. Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, nice. Oh well, I mean, now that I got a full, full belly here, I wouldn't mind just uh, jamming a little more if you guys are up for oh, it. Oh yeah, let's go. See if we got one or two more in us here. You know. Yeah, after that 400 grams of spaghetti, I could go for about 400 grams of cocaine if Eric Clapton would come over. <laughs> All I need is 400 cc's of rock and or roll. Eric, yeah, I don't think Eric Clapton coming over is a good idea considering uh, Alex's previous employment history. Yeah, and well, he is. Our he kitchen is, window doesn't uh, he shut. He is fully vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say we head back over to the uh, the the live room? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff. Two, three, four. Give up forever. Now that's What time signature is this? What is this?
o'clock on a Saturday Regular crowd shuffles in There's an old man sitting next to me Making love to his tonic and gin And I don't want the world to see me I don't think they Tom Waits, like people give him a lot of shit. They're like, oh, all the records sound the same. He always sings about like I don't know, like a dwarf who's smuggling rum. But I think this Tom Waits song really shows like the breadth and depth of uh, of his songwriting. It's a great example of gritty Americana. You know, Patrick, I'm sure you got other things to do today. You got important places to be. I do, yeah. Do you have anything? Uh, My time is valuable. Do you have anything that you're doing coming up soon? What do you mean? Like after this, I gotta, you know. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, in the coming, no. the coming weeks and days. <laughs> no, sure, surely not. No, no, really, Absolutely nothing, not, nothing on man. the calendar. Like, no, like, no, no, oh, no. You're a really chill type just of guy. Chilling. No, well, you know, it's just like I like to let every day, you know, uh, I wake. I want to start every day with a clean slate. You know what I mean? Every day is a winding like, road. I feel like I wake up in the morning. It's like I got another. I got a fresh start. You know, I got like a new chance, and like all the things that happened before, like they don't really matter. You know, I just live every day like it's my last, and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. ultimately, like the con- I've I've really discovered that like the consequences of my actions really don't matter. It's like really freeing, you know. And um, yeah, it's it's nice to be born into every new day, like 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 a goldfish is born into every second of life, you know. No, no regrets. Yeah, no looking kinda back. Living, I'm just I'm living my life. Every day I'm is a my tomorrow. life in like three second intervals. Yeah. If every day is a tomorrow, then you can always keep putting it off, and there's no point in really accomplishing anything. Tomorrow's yesterday. That's it's called the crazy. present. Whoa. Whoa. Tomorrow's yesterday again. Now. 
Yeah, and Dan, like, what if I told you I had something to promote before? Like, obviously, that was before. Like, this jam has been like a transformative uh, experience, you know, as was the meal. So, like, I'm gonna go and like just kind of like reevaluate, like, a lot of my goals and priorities moving forward, and try and do shit that's just like more like this, like more free. Like, it's true. It's artistry and like the the culinary thing. You know? I'm glad that you're taking away something from this musically. I'm excited to see what kind of music you make uh, that's inspired by these jams, you know? Yeah. And like, I really like, uh, you know, usually I play the guitar, uh, but I really like this this kit, you know? I think I yeah. might like my next, I started a new band where like I'm the drummer. Man. You want to take that? Yeah, with I hope you, you never pick up a guitar thinking, again. You know? You're you're born to hit the ski. We can get you a guy to load that into your helicopter. You're basically playing lead drums, buddy. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. You don't want to be a loser and play rhythm drums. <laughs> Need to be more free, like Ginger Baker, you know. And like, yeah. Well, maybe you could take that attitude into our final song here. Oh, I'd love to. We're gonna have to close out with a classic here. Let's go all the way back to the first band that ever existed, the Beatles. That's right. Here we go. The inventors of the rock band. The Elvis of rock. Oh, I've always loved the drums. Me too. Yeah, me too, dude. Are you ready? It is a little long. long. Yeah. Two minutes, 11 seconds. Come on. It's like Who's we get it. That? Yeah. There's uh, no solo. People, people are sad. Life in Britain is miserable. It's fine. Yeah, what else is new? We knew that. Maybe already. all these lonely people should have gotten together to cook a nice British bag bowl, and then they wouldn't be so lonely. Maybe Father Mackenzie wouldn't have done all the terrible things that he did. 
you know? Yeah. Alex was actually working uh, for him at the time. <laughs> you worked for Father McKenzie? Yeah. Briefly. Why was he darning his own socks then? Yeah, what were you doing? Man? I wasn't the sock guy. Do I look like a sock guy to you? Well, yeah, you're, mar- you're wearing two different non-matching socks, and you're always drawing attention to how quirky you are. Yeah, I used to work for George H.W. Bush. <laughs> My job was keeping him from dying. <laughs> well, you succeeded for a long time. Yeah, man, I had that job for, let's see, 15 years. Here we are, though, reminiscing about old times. You know, Patrick's got to get out of here. Yeah, He's got to load up this drum kit into his helicopter. Yeah, we can help you. We, I think we have flight cases for these drums. Yeah, thank you so much for gifting me the drum kit. Oh, you're welcome, man. Yeah, Anytime. you're just a natural. Like, sometimes the instrument chooses you, you know, and I could tell that that drum kit wants to be free, and it wants you to you to play it. We stole those from Alt-J, so, like, we didn't pay for them either. It'll be perfect, like, as soon as... He's like, one more Tom, maybe, but I'll stop at like a store of some kind and get that. Yeah, once you add that 27th Tom, I think you're going to be on your way to the rock and roll, the annals of rock and roll history. That would be my my hope, you know, now that my love of rock has been uh, reinvigorated and reignited, I guess this might be the last time I'm on a podcast for a while, so thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no, we hate to see you go, man. But I gotta just... I have to, man. I just gotta go. So I'm gonna just hop on the old, uh, the old Iron Bird. See y'all later. All right. Thanks a lot for having me. Look at him go. See ya. The helicopter is really fast. Never forget us. What a great guy. Wow, that thing really killed a lot of birds. Yeah. Oh, good. We can just make another spaghetti bolognese with him. Oh, nice. <laughs>